It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by one of the biggest social media accounts on Thunder Twitter to talk all about the Thunder rebuild, where we're at, where they're going, what to do in the draft, and so much more. All coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball free and available anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube as we start our draft dash a podcast every single day up until the draft we're usually Monday through Friday next couple weekends let's go ahead and extend that to the weekend as we get set for the draft but joining me today is Cone on Twitter you know him you follow him the one of the biggest if not the biggest Thunder accounts on Thunder Twitter and NBA Twitter Cone how are you doing today I'm doing good, man. Uh, excited to talk about the Thunder, as always. Uh, I wish there were more people who are excited as excited about the Thunder to talk about them as I am. Uh, in my like, I I always just want to make random tweets like, "Guys, I'm so excited about the Thunder! Like, I can't wait for the draft." Uh, been counting down the days, and you know, it's a lot nicer than last year where it was like, "Oh my God, are we going to trade up? Like, how did we fall to six? And this time, you know, obviously sitting at two and twelve, we're in a pretty good spot. So all in all, I'm excited. Uh, the summer league is going to be my NBA finals. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's a much better spot, less pressure. So to say, there's hardly any bad outcomes that can happen on draft night. I mean, I guess if they miss the pick and the clock expires, that's a bad outcome. But almost yeah. other than that, you're, you're in a pretty good spot at 2, 12, 30, and 34. But Cone, where did all this begin? Where did, where did the whole Cone Twitter account begin? How did, how did you just grow this account? What kind of brought you to be a Thunder fan? Just give us your whole life story. Let's start from whenever you're one years old. Yeah. Um, so I was born, uh, I'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, so obviously, uh, so I'm actually from Virginia on the East Coast. So I am nowhere near Oklahoma or Oklahoma City. Uh, so whenever I introduce myself or people learn about me, they're like, well, then why the heck are you an OKC fan? Uh, so my family was like super into baseball growing up. Um, and as I got, I think I was like 13 or 14 years old. Uh, I just kind of started to see some NBA 2K videos on YouTube and I was like, oh, like basketball looks kind of fun. Um, and then I ended up uh, getting like NBA 2K 14, I think it was. And I was like, oh, but like basketball is pretty cool. I'm going to start watching it. And then just watching games. I just happened to watch Thunder games um, and ended up falling in love with the team. 
Uh, loved the color scheme. Loved, uh, in particular, Russell Westbrook, my favorite player of all time. Uh, loved Brody. Uh, wish this season went a little bit better, but, you know, hopefully maybe next year. Um, so it just, I, it kind of just happened. And then in terms of the Twitter thing, uh, how I grew it, people ask me that all the time. I've got no idea how this happened. Um, it just, like I've, I have people DM me, they're like, Hey, do you have any twips, for, like tips for getting started on Twitter? Like, uh, do you have any like suggestions, advice? I'm like, I don't really know. It just kind of happened. I, um, so my older brother and I, who he's also on Twitter, he's a Philly fan. Um, he and I worked this summer job at like a parking lot, um, where we're just parking lot attendants and we would work together sometimes and we were super into basketball, but we were kind of bored just hanging out there. And so we we're like, what if we like made like Twitter accounts to talk about basketball? We had seen some basketball Twitter stuff on our personal Twitters. Um, and we we're like, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and do it. And that was summer of 2019. And here we are, uh, summer of 2022, uh, three years later, had no idea it would be where it is now. Um, just talking basketball, uh, making memes and stuff like that, especially through that. I think part of the reason why I actually grew to where I am now is that crazy, like, sh like expectation shattering season from the thunder uh, in the bubble year, like 2019, 2020. That was my first year on Twitter. And so many people were following the team, falling in love with the team. Uh, Chris Paul, Shea, Dort, of course, was an incredible story. Um, so heartbreaking that we didn't win that series. Uh, if Lou Dort hit that three, I might have gotten like it tattooed like on my entire body. Uh, Would have been one of the greatest moments in all of professional sports, you know, a little bit of bias there. Um, so I think part of that was kind of the reason why it all blew up. And here I am now, somehow uh, 60,000 followers later, don't really know how it happened. Uh, but yeah, started uh, bored at my job one day, as you know, most great things do. And then you, of course, created your YouTube channel, Cone, which you can go mm -hmm. look at. Uh, for kind of general NBA talk, but of course you do talk about the Thunder as well because you're a Thunder fan, but you do yeah. a lot of general NBA stuff over there as well. Got one right now about uh, the latest rumors and, and trade stuff, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, watch that before we hopped on. So uh, you grew the YouTube channel. We'll talk about that in a second, but you also grew a relationship with the organization. Now, how did that come about as somebody from Virginia? I know that they've kind of flew you into OKC and you got the experience kind of courtside living for a couple games here. How did that relationship happen? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I for a while I was really fighting for that Thunder follow, and I was like, you know, I I would like re like respond to them and like interact with them a lot, and there were a couple times where you know they'd interact back, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get it this time, and then they did like this thing, I think it was on the Thunder app, where it was just like this like like shooting like hoops like like a little like finger flick shooting hoops game you could play on the app um, and they were like post your high scores, and I was like once again like way like i uh i was doing another part-time job like delivering food and i was waiting for my next delivery so i was like let me run this app a couple times and i spent like between like every time i would have time between a delivery i would spend like my whole time just trying to get a high score on that uh game and eventually i got a re i got really good at it and got a really good one posted it under the tweet and um the social media manager at the time paul i believe was his name commented under it and he's like i think that deserves a follow so i got the thunder follow um and then uh, just, you know, talking with them a little bit over the past couple of years, like DM'd a couple of times, like asking some questions. And eventually um, this past winter, my uh, dad and my brother surprised me at Christmas with uh, that. We we're going to go to OKC to see the 
uh, Timberwolves and Nuggets games in early January, which was crazy because I'd seen the Thunder play a couple of times. Uh, like I mentioned, my brother is a Philly fan. So uh, living on the East Coast, we've driven up to Philly a couple of times and seen Philly versus OKC. Uh, I had seen them in Charlotte once, too. That was the first game I ever saw uh, back when KD was around. So I'd seen them a couple of times, but I'd always really wanted to go to OKC itself, like uh, meet the people there. And so I found out we were going. It was super cool. And <clears throat> I tweeted about it. And a few days later, the Thunder DM me and they're like, hey, we don't know like if you've gotten tickets yet, but for at least one of the games, we'd love to hook you up with uh, kind of a VIP experience is what they called it. Uh, so for the Nuggets game, the second one, we got to go to, um, <clears throat> we got to sit courtside like along the, um, or like like right next to like the basket on the end next to the tunnel. Uh, we got to go into like the little uh, like lounge that they have in there, the, the restaurant down there, uh, which was super cool. We came in through like a specific entrance where uh, one of the security guards, um, as we were going through, he like looked at me, he's like, you're the cone guy, right? And that was a crazy moment because um, never had that experience before in my life. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so shout out to him. And then of course, just getting to after the game, the social media manager, um, he's a great guy. Him and I become friends. Uh, he let me on the court to take a couple pictures um, with my family. And that's now what my profile picture is on Twitter. So yeah, it was just a super surreal experience. Uh, I can't believe that me getting bored at work one day and deciding like, I want to talk about this team in Oklahoma made it so that I was able to uh, see a game courtside and get to stand on the court. Uh, just incredible the way that kind of the world works with that. So coming up, let's talk about your YouTube channel let's talk about the thunder. Let's talk about what they should do at pick two and kind of where this reboot stands. But first I want to say right now, my good friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for all betting needs, stats, and sports info. Uh, for latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, MMA, UFC, you name it, they've got it at Bet Online. Make sure you check them out today at betonline.net, Bet Online, where the game starts. It's this easy. You go up to your search bar, type in Bet Online, you go to their sports book, and then you can pull up the basketball, baseball odds for each game. The NBA Finals happening right now today, a pivotal game in that series. And you got Celtics minus four or Warriors plus four. Cone, what do you got? Ooh, Celtics minus four, Warriors plus four. I got a feeling it's going to be a close one. I'd go Warriors plus four. The underdogs taking one at uh, the TD Garden and, of course, making it a tighter series. Check them out today. Bet online where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. When it says about something very exciting, and that is the ultimate NBA mock draft starting June 16th with over 50 insiders. Uh, nothing equals the ultimate mock draft on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It'll have Lockdown NBA big board draft experts plus Adassi insiders as well. First pick happens on June 16th. Just search the ultimate mock draft and follow along so you never miss a pick. And of course, the Thunder's first pick 
will happen June 16th as well. So you get to see whatever I did with the second overall pick acting as Sam Presti. Hopefully I did as good a job as he will do come draft day. But Cone, you're on YouTube. You're doing your thing. Uh, did the YouTube stuff coincide with the Twitter account or did that come later on? Uh, that came a little later on. It was the winter of 2020. Uh, so it's been a, like a year and a half now, which is kind of crazy because I was just thinking like, oh, it's been a whole year. Um, so that was just a little bit later because uh, with the Twitter thing, I had always watched like basketball content on YouTube, but it's not really something that you can like monetize or create really much of a uh, like a career out of Twitter is just not really a good space for that. Um, so I thought like getting on YouTube would be a good way. Uh, I've always felt pretty comfortable and really enjoyed speaking basketball. Uh, so I thought it would be a good way to kind of expand and it's been really fun. I had a good time with it. Like you said, uh, I make kind of like general NBA content, uh, like after games happen, I'll like make like post game reaction type videos, but also just like talking about big news. And of course, uh, overall focus on the thunder, um, because I can't help my biases and, um, you know, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I will take any opportunity to talk about the Thunder whenever possible. So uh, just trying to, you know, continue to grow my uh, kind of grow the brand, like kind of grow me as a person rather than just like for a while being known as like, oh, that like one Thunder account, like kind of creating a little bit more about me um, and, you know, maybe someday trying to turn this into kind of a career of some sort. Yeah, it's a lot of fun making content about the Thunder and covering the team. And so where are you at on the team? I mean, they've heard my opinions for the last three years now, Locked on Thunder. Where are you at on this team in terms of the rebuild as we enter the second draft of this rebuild for the Thunder? Uh, when do you think that the Thunder can shift out of this rebuild? Kind of who on the team do you like, dislike? What's going on with your p- opinion on the Thunder? Yeah, I'm very optimistic. I think that we're in a really good spot. I think the like winning out in the lottery the way we did was an incredible boost to where we're going. Uh, I think we're in a great spot. I think Shea, I've been very vocal about this. I'm a believer that Shea can be that franchise best player on a championship winning team. I think he's more than capable of it. Um, it's all about just putting, you know, the pieces next to him. I think Giddy had an incredible rookie season. I'm really excited to see him and Shea continue to grow together, learn how to play together. Some people are a little concerned about the fit, but I'm not. I think it can really work out. Uh, love Lou Dort. Some people, once again, they're like, oh, should we extend him? Uh, if Lou Dort was gone, it would break my heart. Uh, so Lou Dort, need him to hang around. Uh, Trey Mann, I thought, was a great pick last year. Love the pick. And he's shown a ton of flashes. Um, those multiple 20-point quarters we saw as well. Uh, and then other guys, guys like Baisley, Poku, I think have shown some flashes too. A little more raw, but I think that they've also got some potential. And of course, the uh, let me do some calculations, 47 million draft picks that we've got. Um, I think that that just, I think people really underestimate how big of a deal the draft picks are. Uh, I see a lot of just like casual NBA fans say like, oh, like, why is he getting more picks? You can't draft that many players, not considering the fact that one of the biggest trades in recent history, the Paul George to LA trade included a ton of draft picks. Drew Holiday going to the Bucks took them a few draft picks. Anthony Davis to the Lakers took draft picks. Draft picks are huge and not only are draft picks, because sometimes there's the issue of, do you want to trade a player to a team who's going to give you all their draft picks and this good player is just going to make them better. But we've got the Clippers draft picks. We've got Rockets picks. We've got picks from random teams all over the league. It's just such a wide array of assets to use, whether we want to draft guys, whether we want to 
like I was just talking about, trade them when a superstar becomes available, there's not going to be a lot better offers than Sam Pressy saying, I've got the, like these couple young guys and like nine or 10 draft picks. Like, what do you say? Like, there's not a lot of better offers out there. So I think that Pressy's done an incredible job putting us in a great place to go forward. Of course, the question, like you said, is when is uh, the next step? And I think it really does depend on kind of, uh, well, obviously it depends a lot on the lottery. Getting lucky in this one is huge, but also kind of, I think the way this next season goes, um, I'm of the opinion that if this draft goes well, if the players come out and play the way that I think they can, assuming, you know, we take guys that um, are really impactful immediately, I think it's going to be hard to keep us down for too long. I could see this team making a push for the plan, maybe not making it, but, you know, being like right there in that 11, 12th spot where you're like half a game out or just a few games out. And at the end of the year, just lack of experience kind of takes over and you miss out on it. But the Thunder are coming fast, in my opinion. Uh, Shea, Giddy, Dort, man, you're going to add a second overall pick. And I think any of the top three guys are ready immediately to make a contribution. You could get some really good players at 12 as well that I think could impact the game immediately. And also, like, you've got cap space. And I think really it's just... To me, it's kind of a matter of time before we reach that point where a superstar says they want out, they become available, and Sam Presti's like, all right, that's our guy. We're going to go ahead and trade for him. And I think that could be uh, really, I know a lot of people have been kind of pegging next offseason as maybe the time when we go through 2023, where the draft class is supposed to be loaded. Uh, obviously, Victor Wembenayama, uh, guys like uh, Scoot Henderson, Derek Whitehead, uh, just a couple names that could be incredible, incredible players. So maybe this next year, well, maybe not necessarily like a tank tank year. It's another year in the lottery. And then maybe next year we draft one of those guys or we use a bunch of the picks to try and trade up, take one of those guys. And then ultimately uh, in the off season, make a couple of moves and who knows. Yeah. I think it's the same kind of wavelength where you know, you're going to draft a very fun young team. Young teams typically do not win a lot of games, especially down the stretch of a season. Uh, and then also just 2023 just sets up so beautifully from the draft being as deep as it projects to be right now. Uh, the uh, cap situation where it's just so clean, where you're only paying Shea and the restaurant rookie deals uh, and you're losing Kimba Walker's dead money. You're losing Kyle Singler's dead money after this season is over. Uh, you have all the cap space in the world that you can really have. And the new CBA will be agreed upon. So, you know, all the different uh, languages, loopholes, everything you need to be aware of before you start to really build a core together. I just think that 2023 will be a year that you kind of make uh, a all-in type of move if you were the Thunder, or at least start to shore up the team, even if it's a move like a Miles Turner to, to add to this core. Because if you think about the draft, you're thinking that you have SGA in place as the guy. You're thinking Josh Key will progress as a cornerstone as well. You're thinking whoever you draft number two will eventually be a cornerstone as well. And then if you have a really good pick in a 2023 class that has uh, – all these talented guys that looks more like the 2021 class than the 2022 class at the top. You're hoping that they're going to be a cornerstone. So you already have a lot of cornerstones. Now you're looking at supplement and miles Turner or somebody of that ilk, even though that's not a huge name would be a name that can really supplement a roster and really help you start to grow your foundation in 2023. And then you get to 2024, 25, whenever you have playoff experience, whenever you have a more developed roster, then you go for that two year splash of, of getting a, a disgruntled star who might only have a year or two left of control, but can make you uh, over the hump and into a championship contender and can be that all-star superstar level guy, a Paul George or whoever uh, would be available at that time, a Bradley Beal, somebody of that nature uh, at 2023, 24, 25, 
in that line of thinking, kind of coinciding with SGA's end of his contract life cycle on his max deal in OKC. So I think things will, are going to be great in OKC. I think that next year's team will be very watchable. and It'll be a more entertaining team. But I do agree, after the All-Star break, you could see them go 0-10 or 0-12 or whatever the case is, being a young team. And in a Western Conference, which is very, very competitive, if the Kings are truly going to go all-in and compete, if the Spurs are going to go all-in and compete in Pops last year, then all of a sudden you're really just waiting out injuries that will keep teams down because if they're all healthy on paper, they all look really, really good. Even the Clippers look great, even considering uh, they haven't had a ton of assets to build that roster. They've done a great job without assets to go and build around Paul George and Kawhi. So if everyone's healthy, which never happens, but if they are in the Western Conference, it's going to be easy to quote unquote tank or lose because you really are only back in the rocket. Everyone else wants to win and or at least go to the play in right now. Yeah, it's a it's an incredibly deep conference, like you said. Um, like this, like the Nuggets are going to be back uh, with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. getting healthy, hopefully. Um, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the young teams rising uh, towards the top of the conference. The Pelicans showed what they can do. Um, like you said, the Clippers, they're going to be, in my opinion, one of the best teams. They're going to be a powerhouse when they're healthy with Kawhi, Paul George, all the depth pieces that they added. Um, the Kings, it clearly looks like. It's the Kings, so who knows how well they'll do of moving into that win now and pushing for the playoffs, but it's clear they're trying to make an effort. Um, Same thing with the Spurs. There's rumors that maybe they'll trade for a guy or two, just try and make a little bit of a push, especially like if you said it is Pops last year. I don't see them tanking in Pops last year. I think even though they won't be a contender, they'll go and try and make some moves to maybe at least make a playoff push. Um, So yeah, it really does feel like it could be uh, just the Rockets that are trying to tank out um alongside the thunder potentially depending like you said how it goes uh being a young team and also how injuries go because uh the thunder have not been super lucky with injuries uh over the course of the past couple seasons whether or not some of them are just like hey sit out for a little bit type thing um overall it's been kind of injury riddled so uh yeah like you said i think towards the end of the season is really when we'll fall a little bit and then hopefully fingers crossed bring in victor Wembenyama. That would be perfect for the Thunder rebuild. I do want to tell you right now before we get into the draft about Sakar. Sakar is a wellness company anchored in food medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Secure gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functionality with their wellness essentials. Make sure you check them out today. It's a nutritional design that created uh, breakfasts, lunches, and dinners for you that are made with the power of plant-rich ingredients to boost your body energy, support your digestion, uh, curb your sugar cravings, and make your skin glow. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. So cars functionality is the best part of it because, again, it's delivered ready to order uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plant-rich. It's all for your wellness and everything like that. So cars product design is incredible. Check them out today. So car, uh, they're going to offer our listeners 20% off of their first order. When you go to sakar.com slash locked on or just simply enter code locked on 20 uh, at checkout, that's sakar.com, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off of your first order. Sakar.com slash locked on 20. Sakar, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. 
Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on Lockdown Podcast, on Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Thunder, making us your first listen every single morning, every single out. The Lockdown NBA, Raphael Barlow, getting you set for the draft. And speaking of the NBA draft cone, that's the biggest topic, picks 2 and 12. Of course, they also have picks 30 and 34. Uh, 30 and 34, to get that out of the way, I've heard that Keon Ellis has had fantastic draft workouts, especially with the Thunder. The Thunder brought him back for two workouts, and it seems like he's killed it there in OKC. So there's a sense that he is one of their main targets down there in the bottom of the draft. But picks 2 and 12. Cone, I give you the power of mind control, and you can control Orlando and just decide that they pick Walker Kessler number one overall. Just get the magic out. Who are you taking it to if everybody's available? Uh, for me, it's Chet. Chet's the guy I really want. In any of the three guys, like I said, are incredible players, and I think will make an immediate impact on their teams. But to me, I think Chet fits the thunder really well. Uh, last year, towards the end of the year, we were a top 10 defense for a short period of time. Uh, and if you add a guy like Chet, who I think has incredible defensive player of the year level upside on that end, it's you really start to build that defensive identity that I think could be huge for this Thunder team. Of course, you've got like Dort, uh, Shane Giddy have both shown some flashes defensively. Um Darius Baisley really locked in defensively at times last year, especially as a shot blocker. Uh, there's a lot of length on this team as well. And I think you can start to build a defensive identity alongside like the potential offensive upside of like, of course, you've got Shea, Giddy, Trey Mann, guys like that. Uh, but to me, I think Chet just alongside being a floor spacer at the uh, center or power forward position, being able to like space the floor, give Shea more guys to pass to on the perimeter, as well as Josh Giddy, something that this team obviously desperately needs a little bit is that shooting. You also give a guy who is a legit seven footer to Josh Giddy. And one of the biggest things that I've wanted is to give Shane Giddy a lob threat, someone who can jump up, catch lobs, because recently it's been like Derek Favors and Darius Baisley and that one one time there was Trey Mann. Um, so not the most like hyper athletic guys. So to give them that kind of lob threat, I think would open up their driving games a lot as well. And for a guy like Shea, who already makes a killing in the paint, giving him the ability to lob to a guy uh, like a Chet Holmgren, I think would be incredible. Uh, there are a lot of people concerned about his frame. I'm really not. Uh, to me, I think that he can get with strength coaches. I think he can bulk up a bit. And I think he has the defensive skill set uh, to handle those uh, little bit of deficits in terms of his frame and his strength. I think he already is just an incredible defender. We saw against a prospect who I like a lot in Jalen Duran uh, in the second round of the tournament. He did a really good job against him. Uh contest a lot of shots, blocked him a couple of times, a lot of like questionable foul calls in that game. Uh, Overall, just really held him to poor shoot, who I think is going to be such a good center in this league. That, to me, is a great sign. 
a lot of people say things like, oh, like, can he guard Embiid? Can he guard Jokic? Nobody can really guard them. Um, and I'm confident in the Thunder's ability to uh, kind of play some more team-based defense. And even still, it's Chet doesn't need to guard them now. He's We're on the first year of him being on the team potentially. So he's going to be fine long-term. And I think that he would just fit perfectly in this team. So you got Chet at two. Who would you want to see the Thunder pair with him at 12? Who do you hope falls to that spot? Or who do you hope that the Thunder move up and get? Yeah, so there are a lot of guys who I really like in that position. Um, obviously, Dyson Daniels has been a guy that's been rising up a bit. Uh, he has the Australian connection with Josh Giddy, and I think he would just fit this team well as a potential 3 and D guard um, or forward. He's got a little bit of size. I also like guys like Malachi Brantham. I like him a lot, bringing in uh, some shooting. I like a uh, Benedict Matherin if we're able to trade up a little bit because I think he'd probably be gone by that pick. Or even like a guy that I just mentioned, like say we don't get Chet, or even if we do get Chet, but we see him as more of a four, Jalen Duran at 12, I think would be a great pick as well. I like him a lot. I think I see some shades of Bam Adebayo in his game, uh, being able to knock down mid-range shots, uh, being a force at the rim, um, being really physical, as well as uh, having a little bit of playmaking upside that I think some people uh, didn't really see as much over the course of the season. So those are a few guys that I would really like just another big or just bring in some more shooting for this team. Some guys that can create their own shots to help kind of take a little bit more of that burden off of Shea. Yeah. And, and I think that 12 holds a lot of value in this draft. Well, this draft doesn't really have a ton of top tier stars. Like last year was so deep with, you know, Cade and green and Mobley and Barnes and Suggs, all viewed as kind of top guys last year. And then of course, Giddy turned out to be as good as he was. Uh, I, I think that this draft has a lot of deep t- talent in terms of like complementary pieces to your rebuild. Uh, of course, at the top, you have Ivy and Chet and Jabari and Paula, who all look to be very good kind of cornerstone guys. But past that, you have a lot of guys who can be really important complementary guys. And at 12, if, if you agree that Branham's rising and I've heard that he's been killing draft workouts, especially, you know, then this process post combine and pre combine in this area, he's kind of really helped himself and he did work out in OKC and it appears to have gone very well. If he's going to rise, then somebody has to fall. So like, if, if you think that Daniels is rising, which has been out there huge, and, and Branham's rising, which has been out there huge, you know, if, if all those guys are rising, then A.J. Griffin or Jalen Duran or Jeremy Sohan or somebody, Johnny Davis, has to be there at 12. So that's why I'm not in this huge rush to trade up because a name has to be there that you like if if you have all these guys rising before we even know who the draft day surprise is. There, there's always going to be a guy that leaps in there that wasn't rumored to, to leap up. And so there's going to be a surprise. There's going to be a riser. So at 12, you're going to have a lot of value where you don't necessarily need to give up a ton of assets to move up. I, I think that it would take somebody falling that is just totally unexpected. Like if if these scouts are right, that you know they they think that Sharp has talent, but they don't, they don't feel comfortable drafting him or their ownership wouldn't feel comfortable drafting him, and then he starts to fall. If you have Shaden Sharp falling to picks 8, 9, 10, then you start to give up additional assets to go get a guy like Sharp who could be a superstar. But besides him, the difference in a Mathurin versus a Davis or something like that to me isn't great enough to give up future assets unless you just truly are all in on them, which of course, if they did that, Sam Presti would be. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think we're in a really good spot at 12. Like you said, I'm not really in a rush to trade up uh, to give up additional assets. If there's a team out there that can give us a pretty good deal, 
Um, I know there's been rumors that the Thunder probably won't take all four picks. So if they're willing to kind of let us consolidate a little bit, take some extra capital and move down a few spots, cool with me. But all in all, I'm perfectly fine if we just stay at 12. Uh, Like you said, if a guy like Shaden Sharp, who I think has incredible potential, falls a little bit, then I think a trade-up makes a ton of sense. Uh, But it really does speak to the value of the Clippers losing that play-in game. Uh, Because right now we could be at like a 15 or a 16 instead. And now we're talking about how do we trade up to like a 12 or an 11 or a, a 10 even? How do we trade up a few spots to get one of these really great prospects that, like you said, are great complimentary players? I think there are so many guys in this draft that just have the potential to be such valuable pieces long term even if they're not stars every team like we see right right now in the finals with like the Warriors having like an Andrew Wiggins who obviously was the first overall pick but just in a similar role complementary wise uh those guys are just as important having star players. We've got Jay, we've got Giddy, we're going to pick up someone at number two. So getting one of those valuable role player guys that could help now as well as long-term and just be really solid throughout his career, it does speak a lot to how valuable it is to be there at pick 12 rather than like a, a 15 or a 16. And you're right. I think that in this draft, the Thunder were gracious enough to not miss the cutoff at either point. Like last year, you felt at the time like you missed the cutoff. Like there was a, there was a run of stars in Cade Green you know, Mobley and everyone else that you just barely missed out on. And then you salvaged it by getting Josh Giddy. And this one, if you would have stayed at four or went you know, below four, you'd have just missed the cutoff of the big three. And now we're figuring out that Ivy is closer to that big three than we originally thought, but you would have just missed that cutoff. And then, like you mentioned, if the, if the Clippers win that play in, then you just missed the cutoff of this run of guys who we think is very talented. Now, before we get you out of here, the last question, we, we talked about how you know, the Thunder will, will probably consolidate these picks. You know, I, I think that there are four dispendable guys that could allow them to take all four draft picks and, and the Thunder will not be leveraged into trading, but if they, they have an offer on the table that they like, they'll take it. So if they trade pick 30 and 34, this was brought up by the Box in One uh, newsletter. They, they have a sourced information that they say that the Thunder are looking to trade picks 30 and 34 for a veteran piece. And to me, a veteran piece would be a big man because they're really heavy on the perimeter right now. What does that do for you? If we find out on draft night that the thunder of package picks 30 and 34 for a veteran big man, do you think that that pushes them to the play in or or do you think that that signals that they're going to try to win versus try to tank next year? Or does it just not matter to you? (laughs) It's, it would be very interesting. Um, it definitely depends on who that big man is. Very curious to see what that trade looks like and who we end up getting. Um, obviously, like picks 30 and 34 would add more young pieces, but at some point we do have to add veteran talent. Uh, and bringing in a guy like it showed the value when we traded for Kenrich Williams in that Stephen Adams trade because he's not really that young. He's not super old or anything, but he's not necessarily a young piece in today's NBA, but we brought him in and now he's this phenomenal role player that so many teams wish they had. And guys like that are like we talked about huge for championship runs, just having those really solid guys, those veterans, those role players. So if we went out and got a veteran big, I think that would be, I'd be really, uh, I'd be really excited for it. Uh, Not only give, um, the Thunder, just a little more kind of shoring up down low, like you said, a lot of perimeter players on the roster. But also, I mean, it gives like, like it tells like guys like Shea, Giddy, Dort, like we're making steps forward. Like we're continuing to take steps forward. In addition to grabbing these like young cornerstones, grabbing these veteran pieces that can help out. A veteran big man, depending on who it is, could also help mentor Chet. 
uh, you need those veterans in the locker room to kind of be mentors to these young guys. You can't just have a team of solely like 23, 24 year olds. You got to bring in some vets. And so I think that that's something I would be excited about. And in terms of, are we trying to win? I think it would definitely signal that we're like, okay, like, maybe we won't necessarily like push for the playoffs like super hard or anything like that. But if it happens, it happens. If, you know, just kind of one of those seasons where it's like, we'll see how this goes. If we met, if we miss the playoffs, miss the plan, fine. Like that's okay. We get a lottery pick, but if we make the plan, whether we lose or win, you know, it's some valuable experience. It's just another step forward. It gets the guys hungry and be like, Oh, we're right there. And maybe then when we, fully go in in 2023 potentially like we talked about they've got that little taste of playoff success maybe like a similar situation with like the grizzlies who like had a little taste of like the playoffs last year where they lost in five games to the jazz but then this year came into things uh ready to go ready to make that push and ended up being the two seed yeah and i think that the analogy i would use if that were to happen would be something you touched on where you know, it's like you have a very hungry baby in the car, but you're on a road trip and you can't like eat a full blown dinner yet, but you know that they're very hungry. So you give them a bag of animal crackers and it's not going to do the job of a dinner, but it will hold you over for the next hour and a half of this road trip until we can have dinner. I think that that's kind of what this trade would kind of be like to where, listen, Shay, listen, Giddy, we know we want to win basketball games. We know we want to compete. Take this, you know, Dwight Powell, hopefully it's not Dwight Powell, take this Dwight Powell and uh, have fun throwing him lobs and have fun, uh, you know, being closer to the play-in. We're getting bounced in the play-in. And then next year, we're going to really go and get it. We're going to really go and do it uh, and get somebody that can truly help you win a playoff series and can truly help you get to the you know, conference finals in a couple of years or whatever the case is. But for now, just enjoy this little improvement. And this is just a taste of the improvement we're going to make in the next offseason. Yeah, I think absolutely. I now, now that's an idea I like a lot. Now I'm very in on it. Yeah, I th- I just hope it's not Dwight Powell. Can you imagine trading 30, 34 for Dwight Powell and 26, <laughs> yeah. wherever the Mavericks are at? Yeah, that let's. Be... We'll, we'll pass on the Dwight Powell, but I like the idea. <laughs> but you know, if it was Dwight Powell, the next day, like within 24 hours, all of the Thunder would say, well, you know, now Giddy has the lob threat we've always wanted. <laughs> Look at this mm. highlight of Luca throwing Dwight lobs and spoon feeding him. I'm just saying it. It's Giddy with the lob threat. Like we, yeah. we talk ourselves into it so easily. Uh, but come, thanks for joining us. Tell them where you, they can find you on Twitter, YouTube, everything that you're doing. But thanks again for joining us. Yeah, of course. Uh, excited to be on. Appreciate you reaching out to me on uh, Twitter. It's three underscore cone because the account without the underscore is taken, hasn't tweeted in like two years. I'm not mad about it. Um, and then on YouTube, it's three cone spelled out T-H-R-E-E-C-O-N-E three cone no underscore on that one because i was able to get that um but yeah so those are the spots i'm on appreciate rylan having me on uh it was a good time like i said always down to talk some thunder awesome make sure you go follow cone if you're not already go check out his youtube page again general nba talk thunder talk everything you want over there at three cone on youtube and until tomorrow be good and be good to one another hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.